Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. It is week 17, and yes, I get to say it, the penultimate week of the 2022 season we are here i am back jeremy reisman the producer over at pride of detroit after a little bit of a holiday break uh thank you all for uh sticking with us and i hope you guys also had a good holiday break despite what happened on saturday which of course we're going to get into today a little bit with a lot of other questions that you guys may have but before i do that let me introduce you to our co-host for the midweek mailbag the managing editor over at pride of detroit you can find him at eric slid on twitter it's Eric Slit. How are hey, you, How was your holiday break outside of Saturday? We don't need to talk about Saturday. Well, I, I'll tell you what. It, after a Saturday that was disappointing, it was nice Saturday. to have. Yeah, well, it was nice to have. Very, very good. Thank you. Um, it was nice to have some holiday time after, right? Yeah. I'm with the family. Enjoy your enjoy yourself. It, uh, a very nice distraction. So maybe it uh Maybe it was for the best that it was before, and then you get to separate yourself and refocus your agenda and sure get back to work, yeah, and uh, focus on the next uh, adventure because we've only got two more of these left in the regular season, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I like that. I like I like leaving the the door open there. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get to all of your questions. Some obviously some about Saturday, some beyond Saturday. So we'll we'll touch a little bit on the game. We'll 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 look ahead as well. Um, but let's start with the game. Uh, we get uh, we got a question here from Detroit in Toledo. Uh, there is a solid argument for the Lions defense being a top bottom five unit the past two years. Will Aaron Glenn be going into next season under a microscope, no matter what? Do the, they try to give more pieces after going 66% defense in the first two drafts under Holmes? So they've they've invested heavily in the draft on yeah. defense in, in two years. I think I think it's fair to mostly agree with Ryan that's saying bottom five defense two years in a row running. How hot is Aaron Glenn's seat going into 2023? Because I think it's fair to say like he's not getting fired, right? No. No, I mean, look, he, 
with the with the way that they had to rebuild, they had to replace what all but like two starters, right? On defense. Like that's a yeah, right. That's this year. Yeah. That's a massive overhaul. On offense, you had to replace what? like two starters. Right. That was like it, right? Yeah. And yep. so on offense, it they should be further ahead because they have more veterans, they're they're fur, further into the system. On defense, you're starting from scratch. And the fact that you have three rookies starting right now, and at one point it was four with Pascal, um, I think speaks to the point at where this this team is in the in the development. And so to ask a coach to take you know, a third of his defense and just have it be completely inexperienced guys. And then you're filling it in with like a handful of guys. Like, like remember bugs was a reserve nose tackle that couldn't make the team in Pittsburgh. And now he's starting and playing a majority of the, of the time. Like, so there's still very obvious holes. There's still, uh, 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 there's still devoid talent at certain positions and they're really, really young. And, and yes, 66% of the, of the investment is, has been on defense as far as draft, but like at the same time, it, 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 I'm surprised it's that low. I, I'm like, it should be a little bit higher maybe. Right. Because you're not just building starters, you're building depth and, and you're only getting a couple of pieces at the, at the top that are really like impactful pieces. Whereas they've been fortunate to get starters in the third round, in the sixth round, you know, and, and, and then contributors, another big contributor in James Houston in the, in the sixth round. Right. Yeah. So, um, I don't think he's as much on the hot seat as people are going to want to, as, as a lot of people think he might be, just because that's really where the big turnover has happened. I, I think we need to talk about where Saturday's performance, what Saturday's performance means in like the the grand scheme of things, because literally the Friday before that game, we're all kind of singing Aaron Glenn's praises yeah. for turning around a really bad unit. I mean, from week nine to week 15, they were playing as a top 10 defense in a lot of yeah. statistical categories. And yeah, they didn't look great against the Jets, especially when it comes to to pass defense. How much of a setback is this? Like, obviously, they're, they're reactionary fans. And, and mm-hmm. I think we all bear some of that burden. But now some are like, now Aaron Glenn's under the hot seat. Now, everything that happened beforehand is a mirage. Like, this was right. the real Lions defense. How, <laughs> I, I guess, I here's the thing. You can't say... It didn't happen. You can't just throw it out, right? You can't just pretend like it didn't happen. Right. There, there was some bad strategy. There was some bad play, all that sort of things. I guess the big question is like, where do you stand in this defense right now? Do you do you where is it closer to where they've been in the in the previous six weeks, or is it closer to where they were on Saturday? And I don't. I I, I guess I'm just asking you this question straight up. It, it, mm-hmm. There's no real way to know. I don't think. But yeah. where's your confidence level? I guess in the defense and in Aaron Glenn right now. I, I don't think they're as good as they were playing. Okay. Like I think they were playing yep. above expectations. At the same time, I don't think they're anywhere close to what they showed on Saturday. Right. I think they're much further along. Um, and I think I can confidently say that because they strung together almost two months yeah. of improved play. And, and and like if they only if they had a couple of games, like two, three games that were were in top ten, you might be able to say that was the anomaly. But the fact that it was like seven games of really good, like that's a good sign that they're moving forward. And did they take a step back? Yes. When was it a glaring, massive, like uh, egregious errors that we saw in the first half of the season? Absolutely, it was, and you can't ignore it. And and I think that was a reality check for maybe the defense was living above its, you know, its talent level 
for the past couple of months. But the fact that they were consistently playing at that level tells me that the the foundation is there, like the base is there. And and we'll see how it carries out over the last two, right? Yeah. Uh, last two games here. But it, it, I'm more confident that they're closer to being the defense they were in, in the back half than they were in the first half. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. Um, the the run defense has had inconsistencies all year, and it sure. certainly was trending in the right direction. But I don't know if it was ever elite, even though you know they had oh, like yeah. elite type of games against Dalvin Cook and and Saquon Barkley and 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 the like. I just look forward to these next two games, and you're facing two teams that can run the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not I'm not really looking very optimistic at, at the defensive matchups against those teams. I would say that both teams are also not very good defensive teams. So the lines mm-hmm. offense should play pretty well over the next two games. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we're kind of, I think we might be going back to the very beginning of this winning streak that the Lions had. Um, well, who did it start with? It started both, with these two teams. teams. That right. Is, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I know it, it wasn't the case in green Bay, but it certainly was against Chicago where it's, it's like shootout territory. I think we're going yeah. to, to shootout territory in these final two games. And obviously I think the weather will, will, you know, affect that necessarily in, in, in green Bay. But I, I think, I think this team is just going to have to outscore Chicago and green Bay t- to win these games. And I know the, of course you have to outscore to, to win, but I mean, I just, I just, I don't really expect this defense to look like it did over that stretch. And, and I hope, I hope maybe you, you can shut down Aaron Jones and, and the green Bay running game again. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that Carolina, like how we all over Carolina has a blueprint now, just, just <laughs> do it. Like, but I, yeah. I guess the one thing I want to ask you is, cause I think this has been brought up a couple of times is the strategy that the lines took. And yeah. I mentioned it in, in a couple of, of my articles, they play nickel 75% of the time in that game. Yeah. Carolina goes a little heavy in the past, this has worked. This has basically mm-hmm. been the line strategy out of the bye week is let's get our defensive backs, our corners involved in the run game. Let them be part of, you know, our gap scheme. Mm-hmm. Didn't work this game. Yeah. They needed to drop a safety uh, earlier than they did. Yeah. And they needed it to be, to not be iffy because if he wasn't ready, and I think that was sure very clear yes. and they tried dropping iffy to, to free, and then moving Kirby into coverage, at, but they, it wasn't working. Like they they needed to come up with a different strategy to overload the box. Like it, at one point, they were they were getting gashed so much. I mean, at one point, at, at multiple points, at right? All points. <laughs> but but it should have. This is a team that normally makes very good halftime adjustments, uh, even in game adjustments, and and those were like non-existent. And maybe it was the personnel, like. I, it was, I don't know, we were five minutes in the game and it was like, where is Deshaun Elliott? Because my goodness, we could use him in this game because he's this is this is where he becomes really important. And you really don't have a natural Elliott replacement. Yeah. Like the closest thing you have to Elliott is Will Harris, right? And then Will Harris wasn't cutting it either in, right. in this game. And and Campbell mentioned it, it was a it was players overcompensating for each other and trying to do too much. It was all these bad habits that they had in the first half of the season. Right. Um, But there was no strategy to, if you want to play nickel, that's fine, but you got to, you got to move a guy into the box and they weren't moving a guy into the box because they were asking their linebackers to fill their two linebackers to fill three gaps, which is when you do that, you're essentially asking your front side linebacker to eyeball gap one, 
and then cover gap two, and you got to figure out which one to go. And they were missing, and they kept missing the wrong gap. And when they would miss the wrong gap, or if they whichever gap they the uh, the Carolina uh, running game was just being patient and waiting for you to pick the gap, and then they were picking the other. And with the defensive line getting movement and not holding their ground, and then linebackers committing to the wrong gap or committing to a gap, which and then allowing the, the Panthers to pick the other one. You were essentially freeing up that up, and and if you bring a safety up, you can fill that gap, and everyone has one. Right. The hard part is, is you put your corners in single, but it, in single coverage. But who cares? Leave us leave one single high and man up the other guys, and just go because you're. I'd rather see them try and beat Sam Darnold's arm, yeah, than not stop the run, which right. is what essentially they were doing. And so they were putting more on their linebackers. Uh, they didn't adjust to, to, to bring in another gap filler. They didn't, uh, they weren't holding their ground. They were getting out physical. And so like all these little things add up to these just big gashes on, on, on the line and, and there was no adjustment to it. And the fact that there was no adjustment to it is, is really what I think was the most concerning because it was very clear from like the opening drive. Yeah. You've got, you've got to change something. Yep. And, and they didn't. They just said, look, we have a game plan. We're going to stick with our game plan. We're going to run the course. Uh, and it just, it was the wrong game plan. Yeah. That, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, let's, let's take a, a slightly more optimistic look and, and look at the next two weeks. Uh, Matt Rizpecki, uh on Twitter asks, do you think the team is playing with house money after the loss and Rams winning two out of their last three games? Um, so Basically, I I think I think that's just saying like okay, well, we're not getting a top five pick or top three pick anymore. Maybe still mm-hmm. top five. Um, playoffs might be kind of iffy. So are we just kind of like okay, take a step back? This team is seven and eight. Seven yeah. wins is, is is they hit the over if that matters to I'm sure that matters to some people. Um, yeah. but they're they're either they've already either met or or exceeded, I would say half of Lions fans' expectation for the season. So mm-hmm. do you go in these last two games thinking? Hey, if they win one of these, great. If they don't, whatever. You know, the, uh, we talked about the holidays giving perspective, and mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time talking to family about like what happened, right? Yeah. And um, I was talking to my brother-in-law, and uh, I'm I'm sitting outside in 15 degree weather, grilling up dinner, and he's he's out there with me, and we're just chatting amongst the chaos inside right yeah and uh and he's like you know if you step back and you just look at this like where they're at getting a top 10 pick from the rams is an absolute gift right he's like this is he's like i know that we're i know that we are we shifted the goal we were were all looking at it and saying oh my gosh we can get one of the top three we can get one of the top two guys And, and and that's exciting and that's a part of the fun of following along with, with, with the NFL. But like, he was like, it's an absolute gift yep. to get a top 10 pick at any perspective at any point from the Rams. So that's like a, uh, that's how he was looking. He was like, Hey, they've made improvements for me. I never thought they were going to make the playoffs. I, I like that. They're going to get a top 10 pick again. And he's like, I think they're improving in that. And that's good. And that's, that's, that's a great perspective to have. Like for me though, I want the playoffs still. Like I, I'm still in that. I'm still in that mode. Like I, I think they can do it. I think they can. They can. They can beat a Chicago team that is dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, there's certain things that they're going to have to do to make it happen. And then I want to go into that last game 
Yeah, I want to grab him by the throat and I want to bury him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I still look at this as I think the playoffs are still an option, and I would love to see them take that step. Yeah, if they don't make it, if they win two and don't make it, that's uh, I mean that is what it is. If they if they lose in the last one, it's going to be hard. But then I think it's going to take you know an off season of being able to step back and, and kind of see where it is. But like, I'm still in the mode of, I still think they can get Let's it. Let's make a run. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Like he Campbell, they were down two scores or three scores. He's and he, was like, out. <laughs> he was like, I still think we can get it. Yeah. I still think we're in sh-. like, he, yeah. if he has that kind of confidence in that kind of game, when he was just getting hammered, he's going to push that ideology onto sure. the team. And so and I'm I'm, I'm not to. out. I'm not. In, yeah, exactly. And so I'm still in the. I think playoffs are are, are reachable. Yeah, and I mean, what is it? Let's you know, depending on the site, twenty three, twenty five percent, like one in four. Yeah. If if I if yeah. I were to come to you in 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 oh, yeah. July and say, hey, mm-hmm. week sixteen, week seventeen, the Lions are going to have a 25 percent chance to make the playoffs. Like you are doing cartwheels. Um. And so yeah, I think I think that amount of perspective needs to be had. That said. I I think it, it would do horrible, horrible damage to the image of this franchise if they lost the last three games. Oh, if they lost all three? Yes. Yeah, certainly. Um, and yeah. so that that to me is like it that's kind of my primary goal. Cause like you think back to last year, not not that year to year momentum matters. It clearly didn't. The Lions finished whatever they did last year, three and three, and then they start one and six this year. But I'm just mm. talking about the image of the franchise and and the sure. optimism going into next year. Mm-hmm. These last games matter a lot for that, a lot sure. for for fans. Sure. People were excited going into 2022. You you, you throw in hard knocks, you throw in uh, a draft that was exciting. People mm-hmm. that got the people moving. You lose the last three after after going on a six and one stretch. People aren't going to be very excited about this team. And, and sure, it'll eventually build up. They have two first-round picks. That'll build up. To mm-hmm. and yeah. Maybe you make a, a free agent signing or two. But just in terms of optics, I need this team to at least beat Chicago. Now, it, it might be even more painful if they beat Chicago and then it turns out the playoffs are on the line and you lose to Green Bay. I'm willing that's to That's what live. I want. But, but that's, the, that's the opportunity right. you want. Right. right. And, you and want that opportunity. I they, want this team lose, to be in the pl- lose. Yeah. I just want this team to be in the playoff race in week 18. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a very, very good chance that's going to happen. Look back at our, our season projections that we do at the beginning of the season. Sure. I believe your projection was eight and nine. Yep. Mine was nine and eight. And we both had them missing the playoffs. So my projection could still come true because they could still win. And then oh, yeah. just not get the breaks they need, sure. right? Um, but we're going to be pretty close to kind of what we thought this team was capable of achieving. 100%. But neither one of us really thought the playoffs was in reach. Right. Even though we were we're we're going to okay. we're going to end up being really close to the score, we still thought this team is not playoff ready. And maybe they're not. And maybe and and, and maybe they won't get it right. But yeah. if they do, it just sprinkles on the Sunday, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's a, a good way to kind of pull out a little bit and, and just realize this team has accomplished a lot already and, and sure yeah. where they were, it's going to be a disappointment where they finish if it's not in the playoffs, but that's okay. Like 
and here's the thing I, I I need to keep coming back to. And I know Carolina's Carolina's a better team probably than their record suggests. And and hell, they might they might make a playoff run of their own um if, <laughs> if Brady slips up. Um but if the Lions had won that game, they would have won four road games in a row, Eric. Yeah, and this there's a narrative right now that the Lions can't win on the road. Like it was one of the things in the uh right. I just published the uh the power rankings. rankings and they were like, well, if the Lions knew how to win on the road, they would have got that. And I'm like, okay, you're not even paying attention to the box score at this point. Right. Like it's very obvious who is just like, okay, they're 7 and 8 so they go here in the <laughs> rankings, right? Like I, I mean, that's where it is, right? But Yeah. And and I mean, the whole reason why at the beginning of this, even, even like three wins into this crazy streak that the Lions were in, I'm just like, up until last week, I'm like, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs because they don't have any margin for error. And this is the NFL. At some point, you're going to slip up. I think we all thought maybe Jets was the slip up and they survived it. Mm-hmm. Turns out Panthers was maybe a little bit of a bigger slip up and they didn't mm-hmm. survive it. Um, and and that's that's it's not an acceptable performance, but it's acceptable in the grand scheme of this team played outstanding football, probably like you said, over their talent level for two months. And then they fell back like that in the grand scheme of things. I'll take a coach that, that performs for two months above expectations and one game below that fair. I think at the end of the season, we're all going to be, maybe it might take a couple months into the off season, but I think we'll look back and we'll be, content yeah with with where this team has progressed regardless of what happens i do agree with you though that like if you lose out it's a lot harder um and, and but i also agree that winning as many games as they would have need to have done to make the playoffs would have also been a very difficult thing because it's only been done once yeah right right and that's, that's so why like, he was in coach of the right. talk is because that right. would have been something ridiculous Right. And so um, it's hard when you're in the moment, though, right? Like, it's hard to get this full perspective. Um, And I do get the reactionary, you know, uh, you know, moments and feelings. Uh, At the same time, I think people are too quick to dismiss what's happened over the the seven games prior. And and this is the this is the telling week, right? Yeah. Like, this is we're at the stage of the season where we're talking about playoffs after Christmas when we've never we didn't think we'd be there after Thanksgiving. You know right. what I mean? Yep. And we're after Christmas and we're talking about it. And this is a massive game that the Lions, if if they are who we think they are, then they should come out of this game. They should come into this game prepared. They got a lot of things working in their favor. And so that's what makes this week super exciting. It's the most important game of the season. And then when they win, then next week will be the most important that's game true. of the season. That's true. But it, this one does feel – At its coach of, speak at, at its best. This one does kind of feel pivotal, right? Because it does feel like, okay, you've been spacked in the mouth harder than than you have been all season in yeah. an important game. Now you're facing a team that's on a, whatever, seven, eight game losing streak, but one that took you to the wire last time on the road. Mm-hmm. Can you still keep the emotions afloat? When when you get punched in the mouth and now playoffs instead of being in the driver's seat now now you need some help now now you need to right the ship in a week can you do that now emotionally yeah. emotionally I have no doubt that this team is going to be prepared oh I do I think that's the biggest key it is the biggest key for sure I think emotionally is the biggest key for me yeah 
And we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it oh, certainly well. seems like, based on track record, this this team has weathered more than one loss in a row, right? This team yeah. has weathered a lot in the yeah. in the last two years. So, but we'll see. It's 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 a huge game. But uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer more of your live questions here on our midweek mailbag every Tuesday afternoon, usually around twelve thirty p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. If you want to join us live, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on the midweek mailbag, answering your questions, heading into week 17, Lions versus Bears upcoming. Uh, let's again go back to Saturday here. Uh, a pretty significant development during the game was that uh, Jeff Okuda, 2020 first round pick, uh, benched. Um, not really apparent to, if, if, if you're just watching at home, I don't think they ever made mention of it during the national broadcast. Um, yeah. A lot of people were probably checked out anyways. Uh, but certainly a, a not insignificant decision by the coaching staff. Certainly wasn't mm-hmm. playing one of his better games. Um, after the game, I think Dan Campbell just kind of brushed it off, said he'll bounce back, it'll be fine, whatever. Um, didn't seem to necessarily lose confidence in him long-term, but I guess, let me ask you, Eric, is it significant in terms of how they proceed forward? Is is he kind of the guy that you think will bounce back and and be fine? And and I guess this has now been a couple games in which Okuda has not played particularly well. Mm-hmm. What's your, I guess, concern level about him as as a starting cornerback on this team? I mean, it's moderate, yeah. um, especially the benching. I think, um, like like you said, it wasn't noticeable live, right? Uh, or at least not not to us. Um, but you know, I. I do think it's something that's going to stick in the back of my mind though. Right. Like if they're, if they're going to bench him, I do think it speaks to maybe the long-term vision for him. Um, I don't know if if maybe either they think it's like, it was like, maybe it was motivating tool. uh, But if they're willing to like put him on the bench, it may be an indicator that maybe he's not CB one. For them, maybe they think he'll be CB two or like. Don't get me wrong; he's a, he's a starting corner in the NFL who missed a big chunk of his career, and he's and he's still really only at the beginning of. He's only like in a, essentially a second year of playing. Um, so I still think he's there's plenty of room for development and growth, but um, it is a bit surprising to me that when the entire secondary really wasn't living up to par there must've been something they saw that about his play that they didn't like, that they decided to move away from. Um, or, and I mean, and it could be also like, 
they don't have a nickel to replace Will Harrison. So maybe they just didn't have the option to replace. So I don't know. I, I you know, uh, Mike Hughes is a better run, is a really good run defender. He's shown that of late. Sure. And maybe they thought that's what they wanted to go to. But look, Akuda's been a good run defender too. And so it's, I, it's, there's no really good answer. And it might be one of these things that we don't really get our eyes open to until maybe the offseason when something leaks out. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have a good answer for why he was the one that was, you know, picked to be the one to go to the bench. Yeah. I mean, he certainly wasn't playing well right like and and all the things that we've seen him do well in the run game he wasn't doing well in this game i think he's credited with two or three missed tackles and he seemed a little bit more hesitant i think that's that's what they what dan campbell said is this team just didn't look like they wanted to be physical in this game and i think i think you could accuse jeff okuda of of looking like that i'm not saying he you know his heart wasn't in it i don't i don't think i would ever accuse jeff okuda of of not having his heart in it for whatever reason whether it was hesitancy whether coming off the flu or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but he certainly didn't look like himself this past game. And and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say Jeff Okuda is a lockdown corner. That's just had a bad couple of games. No, like he hasn't done enough to prove that, to earn that. He certainly was playing above that. I think most people's expectations earlier in the season, but mm-hmm. starting to, to slide off a little bit. And, and that certainly is concerning. I am curious what's going to happen next though, because Jeff Okuda yeah. is not alone in the secondary to have gotten benched, right? Like we saw Monty yeah. do it, didn't bounce back very well, but we mm-hmm. saw it happen to Deshaun Elliott very early in the season. And that dude bounced back like a pro. Yeah. yeah. And so this is, this is a fork in Jeff Okuda's road. Where are you going to go? And, yeah. and knowing everything we know about Jeff Okuda, like this, this will definitely work as a motivational tactic. And maybe that's all it was because that would certainly fit in like the Bill Parcells model of, of coaching, which we all know Dan Campbell is yeah. very heavily influenced by. You see a game that you're not performing well in and you're probably not going to win and not saying Dan Campbell is just going to give up on the game. That's not what Dan Campbell does, but he says, okay, this is an opportunity. Let's pull him out of the game. Let's give him a wake up call. He has not been playing well the past two weeks. Let's kick him in the butt a little bit, get mm-hmm. him going. Make sure he doesn't get complacent right now because he's not where we expect him to be. We're not, he's not where we know he can play. Let's kick him in the butt a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's important to keep in mind too, that like expectations for each player are different, yeah. right? So like expectations for Jeff are going to be higher than the other corners on the yeah. roster. And so if Jeff's not meeting those expectations, he might meet that. And, and like they've like, I know people are going to say, you know, like, is he now not their best corner? I think they still view him as their best corner and they expect him to play at that level. And in order to run the defense that they want to run, he needs to play at a higher level than pretty much everybody else in that secondary. And and he, and he hasn't been right. And so maybe the, if it is motivation, then, then maybe that's what it is. I, but again, yeah, I don't, it's, it's still a bit of a mystery to me. Um, speaking of players spending a lot of time on the bench, let's talk about Jameson Williams. Mm. Uh, 11 snaps, I believe, in this past game in which they basically had to pass the entire second half. Uh, first question, did that surprise you? Second of all, when are we going to see more JMO? 2023? Maybe. I mean, um, I guess literally it has to be because the next game is in 2023. Yeah. But you know what I mean. <laughs> um. Um, well, no, no, their next game's still 2022, right? No, January 1st. Isn't Sunday? Oh, gosh, geez. Okay. Um, sorry. 
let's all blend in together. Um, yeah, look, I, I, again, this is one of those, like we talked in the first half, this is a a moment where we need to have, take a step back and look from a perspective standpoint. He's only been playing in the, in the NFL a month. Yeah. Like period. Like all, all the, everybody else on the roster got a month in the spring, month in the fall, and then they've had two plus months of the season. He's had one, right? So he's still getting his legs under him and they are in no rush and they don't need to be right. Because like the other four receivers are playing well. So I, I think they're still going to say, Hey, we've got a couple of plays that we want to cut them loose on. And then, but I, I still think the goal for him is he's going to be a 15 year player for, for this franchise, as opposed to let's, you know, let's try and push him into the action. I don't, I don't think they have a need to, that's one, one of the few positions that they don't need to like force him back into action. I'd love to see him cut him loose. I'd love to see it. But like if, if he only gets 15 snaps each of the next two games, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, it wouldn't either. And I, in, in a way I expect it. And I know on the radio, I think Dan Campbell said today, I didn't hear it, but I saw people post quotes saying like, yeah, they're, they're going to get more, but they've, he they've said that every week. Yes, he's, he has said that every week, which is what I was going to say too. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's going to get a fur. I don't think he's going to get a start. I don't think he's going to get a full, like maybe if they get eliminated from playoff contention this week, which is a small possibility, maybe, um, uh, I think it'd be go the opposite way. You'd be, be, be more careful. Yeah, they, yeah. But the, I, I think that to me, that's almost the argument that I want to see more of him. It's like you're in playoff contention. Sure. Like, yeah, no, I, I understand you want to save him, and I understand you're like, okay, but this is a long term investment. We need to, we need him around when the whole team is good. Well, right now the mm-hmm. opportunity is right there in front of you, and I know, yeah. I know your your best point. The best point you made was that everyone else is playing pretty well right now like yeah they all have good chemistry chart right? is finally coming together mm-hmm. amon ra is a beast josh reynolds might be the guy that you could take off the field a little mm-hmm. bit he's been a little bit quiet as of late but even khalif like khalif caught a 50 some yarder last game he, he got loose in in the the secondary in there so it doesn't feel like you necessarily need the additional shot in, in the arm with your passing game that is doing pretty well but i like I want to see more involved. Like you invested a lot yeah. in this guy because you think he can be dynamic and change games. Well, mm-hmm. he's had a month. He's had a ramp up period at this point. You're in a playoff rush. Just see, just see mm-hmm. how much it changes. And I know, you, like you said, you don't want to disrupt something that's working pretty darn well, but there were times against the Panthers, a, a three or four possession stretch where nothing was working. And at that point, I'm just like, can we just get a, a quick slant to JMO and see what mm-hmm. happens when the ball's in his hand? Just give sure. him something really easy to catch. Doesn't have to be a forty-yard bomb every time. Just, just get the ball in his hand, and let's let's mm-hmm. see let's see if he can work this offense out of this little temporary rut. No, I look. I hear you. Um, my counter is that the reason that the other four are on the field is because Goff has the timing down with them, sure. right? Yeah. Um, when we go back and we look at the Jets. If you listen to who the Jets were focused on on that fourth down play to Brock Wright, they were focused on Josh Reynolds. Oh, oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, they were like, uh, "What's his name?" Said Sauce. Yeah, and so like, and they they're focused on 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 Reynolds because, um, 
that's where golf has that chemistry, right? Yeah. And so if if you're if you're if you're being competitive and you want to move the ball, I know Jameson is the most talented player. And so you're like, let's just get the ball of the most talented player. But if golf can't get him the ball because he doesn't have chemistry with him, then that's going to that's gonna yeah. counteract what you're doing on offense. And so I think for the coaches, they've got to weigh that balance, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and 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 right now. Goff can get the ball to the other four guys, and those other four guys can go. And um, but I'm with you. Look, I, I I'm with the designed plays. Uh, if if I, I would, if I'm Ben Johnson, I'm going to run JMO a couple of times down the field to show them his speed, and then when they back off, then you do that that quick slant and let him go. Right. Yeah. Like that I, I would try and set up an easier completion. I just because he can run down the field doesn't mean golf can hit him down the field. Right. right? For X, Y, and Z, right? We've seen, so, we've seen. Well, right, right. I mean, he's underthrown him every time, no matter at what level it was. When it was yeah. deep, he underthrew him. When it was on the sideline in mid-range, he underthrew him. Like he just he, the timing's not there. So yeah, run them deep, get them to back off their coverage at the line. Throw a quick slant, let 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 him run, and let's and and, and do that. And yeah. but it it only makes sense if you can do it in the right way that you're not also sacrificing your offensive production. Yeah, fair. Um, a guy that we haven't talked about in a very long time, and for good reason, he hasn't been playing. But uh, one that was certainly in, an interesting storyline during Hard Knocks, and and maybe um, a little bit before that, Obina Eze. We got a question about from uh, Killer Cornbread says. Um, the Lions just did another video that featured practice squad tackle and hard knock star Obina Eze. What is the realistic upside to him? Better version of Matt Nelson. Yeah. Better version of Matt Nelson, Dan Skipper. That's that's the goal. Not a right. Start. No, I don't think he will be. Um, he's he is. When you watch him move, he looks like he's like he's an athlete, right? And you look and 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 so. Ideally, he's one of those two guys next year. He's either OT3 or OT4 next year. That's why you kept him around the whole time. That's why you've been like trying to mold him. So that expectation has to be OT3, OT4. And I and if you're ideally, it's OT3, right? Because that's that's where you want him to be. And if he's OT3 next year, then you're probably developing him properly. Do you think it's realistic that he can be ready by next year? Because, I mean, just like a really raw, talented guy. He's got all the physical attributes, but not obviously not getting a ton of reps during practice during the season. He'll, he'll get the reps during the offseason. Well, that's the trick, right? We don't know. Yeah, We don't know how much he's got, right? right. And I know, like, I just saw someone in the chat, like, uh, Dan, can he play guard? Well, when I talked to him about guard uh, at the end of training camp, he was like, I just, I've never done it. I've, uh, I've only played tackle. Yeah. But as we've seen in the past with this, reg- with this uh, regime and specifically like with, um, with Hank Fraley is he likes to cross train his, right. his got his guys that are not starters. Right. And so you saw it with Stenberg, you've seen him get snaps at all three of those interior positions. And so it, it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I, I am expecting that he has gotten snaps at guard and tackle just like Skipper and Nelson have. And so, um, but I do think he's more comfortable at tackle. I do think that's probably where his future is. He can be, he's athletic enough to be that six OL and he could potentially develop into OT three. And I don't know, that's a goal. I I don't think he's a guy that you're going to push inside necessarily. 
Um, I think that swing tackle role is really where the hope is for him. All right. I got two more here uh, that I want to tackle. One from our live chat, NKR asked uh, the zero blitz Glenn likes to use on third downs. It's been mostly ineffective this year. Can, uh, can the lines just not do it and get home or should he just stop doing it? He hasn't done it in a long time. Really? Like like not on third down. I I was going to argue that that's kind of their move on third down sometimes. He used to to do that a lot early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that would be my issue with it is that sometimes it feels a little too predictable. Like the lines get into these certain long situations and yeah, yeah, they're going to max protect. And I don't think, I don't think they're very good at blitzing. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think they're a great blitzing team or maybe they're just not good enough at disguising it because it seems like a lot of times when they send a heavy blitz, whether it's zero covered zero or, you know, even just two guys that they're, two extra guys that they're rushing doesn't feel like they're getting there uh, as quickly as they need to. And, and that leaves your guys on an Island and makes a guy like Jeff Okuda look bad. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, you're, you're letting guys like Sam Darnold and, and, and whoever the jets guy is, like Zach Wilson <laughs> connect on these deep shots. They have no business of, of connecting in on. So what mm-hmm. what's your issue there? Is it, is it, they don't have the personnel to do it. It's that they're poorly timed calls. It's, are they not disguising it well enough? What's what's your issue? It's, or, or it's just for me, it's a timing. Yeah, it's the timing of it. Like if you want to call zero on like third and three, that's different, right? Yeah. And I know you probably don't like you don't always want to do that because it's tough on the corner to cover both the short and the long. So you're gonna so you tend to call zero when you're in like third and medium. Yeah, um, where the corner can have a, give a little cushion uh against deep but also close uh, uh and so like a third and seven is a good time. on yeah. third and 13 though that's the opposite now you're gone now you've gone too far and 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 with running that zero they're they have to throw it deep so like you're definitely sure. putting the corner on the island where you're saying okay you have to guard deep but you also have to guard short because you don't have any help if you miss right so it's it, it's a you put your corners in a passive uh, environment and you put everyone else in an aggressive environment and when your corners play passive and they can just chuck it up it's it's a lot of ground to cover in a passive way and and you become a little bit susceptible if you don't get home which they haven't been getting home right yeah. and so I don't like it in third and long I, I look third and medium is 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 more ideal but again I I don't like it's kind of like the it's like Ben Johnson calling a, a 20 yard deep ball on third on fourth and one. I don't like that either. Right. Because it's situationally, it's not the most advantageous. And so, yeah, when he went into zero on that third and 13, I was, I was screaming. It's 13. <laughs> it's third and 13. What do you, what, yeah. why are we in zero? Why are we in? And then. Yeah. So you, are so you, are you into more, a more passive play call? Like uh, sometimes when the lines are third and long, we'll see like eight guys lined up at the first down marker, right? Yeah, well, uh, or more, and you see that more in the end zone, sure. right? Um, no, but I would have ran, I would have ran cover two yeah. and then just put my best pass rushers out there because your pass rushers have been doing well. And even if they don't get home, it's Sam Darnold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I would have. Uh, yeah, I I would have I would have maybe even kept two safeties back in that distance. You're, he's got to throw. He's 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 not going to chuck it underneath and hope that they get it. Uh, you can if they want to run it, you, you you still stay close enough to fill the galleys. But like, I, I hated that call in, in, in third and long. Uh, it just 
and they got and it, and it, it bit them. And but I mean, look, a lot of stuff bit them in that game, right? Yeah. So yep. yeah, I, nothing I, was particularly I, working. I dislike that call as much as I dislike the twenty-yard deep shot on fourth and one. And you and if and those who have been watching this show, uh, you know, all season, you know how much I dislike that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one comes from Scott Spencer on Twitter at rocker faithful says typically under Holmes, we have not seen them spend uh big time money for free agents, which I like, but if we were to uh, this upcoming season, what position uh, would come to mind? I, I guess, first of all, do you think that's going to change? The line should have at least a little bit more money, maybe not as much as you would expect. And obviously a lot depends on what they do with Brockers, yeah. which seems like probably a foregone clu- conclusion, although Vitae is maybe a little bit trickier of a situation. But first yeah. of all, are they going to spend a lot to what positions do you want to see it? Well, the last couple of seasons, it's, they've had to spend – on more players because they've had to add depth. Yeah. And so now that you've added some depth, you're getting to a point where you can now try and spend a little bit more on a playmaker or two. And so yeah. you have that option. Um, I could see them spending it. Uh, I have not looked at free agency at all. Like I know we studied the draft all year because those are, things that are coming. Those guys are coming to the NFL at some point. So you study them with free agency. You never know who's going to be available. And so it's not advantageous. It's not, it's not a smart use of my time to start looking at free agency until right. the lions are in the off season. And so I haven't, I just haven't, I haven't looked at who's potentially there. I haven't really looked at who's there. So I can't even really say where to spend because like, I don't know what the the free agency pool is even going to look like or where the talent is. Now I can, I'm all I can do is point back to what we've said is that the big needs are on defense. Yep. The biggest need is uh, a defensive tackle and probably, and probably corner. Yep. Right. And so if you're going to invest, that's smart places to invest. And, um, but I can't, I, I, I'm, it's too early for me to start naming names or targets yeah. or how much. And yeah, so sorry. No, we'll get there. We'll get it, there. Hey, this is, this is the, the benefit of us being able to cover the draft and, and playoffs this deep is like, okay, that part's fun, but sorry, we're not gonna, we're not gonna jump yeah. at first into off season mode quite yet. But no, in terms of positions, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, I think this team could really benefit from, really a, a three down defensive tackle, right? Cause I don't know if they really have one period. No, no, they, they, well, they, I think they do. I think a can be a three, yeah. but uh, a three down guy. But the problem is, is that they don't, they only have three defensive tackles that they trust. Right. And so, and, and it might even be two and a half. Um, <laughs> right. And so when you only have that level of depth, you can't use them on all three downs. So right. they, they're almost forced to use the edge rushers in that NASCAR in, uh, um, in obvious passing downs and at two minute because they literally do not have the depth. If Michael Brockers could do anything, he would be active right. and they would play him, but he, he just can't. He's it's, it's an unfortunate part of the league that when you hit a point where you're washed, you're washed. Yeah. And like, that's unfortunately where we are because he is a great player who's had a great career, but he just, he, he can't do it at that level anymore. And if he could, they'd play him, right? but they can't. 
And part of me wonders if that played into why the lines didn't adjust too much on Saturdays is because you only have, like you said, two and a half interior defenders. Like you can't just play those guys. You can't as much as they really tried to do, especially early in the season to play a and to play uh bugs 80, 90% of the snaps. Like that's not, you can't yeah. do that for a full season. Those guys can't take on that kind of workload. So you have to rotate guys and you have to not be in a, a five man front all the time. You, you just can't. You don't have the you don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah, and you're you got injuries at safety, so you can't. It's hard to bring the right safety down. You yep. you don't have the bodies on the on the defensive line, and then your linebackers. If you're adding a third linebacker, I don't know if you have the third linebacker to right. do it. Barnes either. just like, came back from an injury, right? Right, and, and even if you are using Derek Barnes, um, you need Derek Barnes to supplement Malcolm because Malcolm's getting near that rookie wall, right? And so like they they literally just. This is it, that game was a a a lesson in attrition, right? Where when injuries and depth all start to add up onto you, you can't adjust to the way that the way that you want to. And and but that's that's how you build a team. You you got to add those pieces then next year. And I think we'll close it at that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, I hope you guys had a, a happy holiday. Hopefully. Good times to, to close out this season. Uh, we will have our first bite podcast recording live on Thursday night. Uh, guest TBD, but I have some people in mind. That'll be up on the podcast feed Friday morning. Then we'll do our men sim here on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit on Saturday mornings back in that time space, time slot, whatever you want to call it. But appreciate you all listening. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. Thank you to our live audience here on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. And we will see you next time. It's chaos. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.